BSB, some number. All right, today we're uh, reviewing the athletic mock draft that came out on Monday. You can go and check it out on theathletic.com. Link will be in the description of this podcast. And it uh, has the New York Rangers picking number one, as you know. It'll probably not going to be a surprise to who they're picking. But before we get to that, Gregory, there's something I forgot to mention on the flagship show earlier this week, or rather yesterday. When that show came out. <laughs> yes, yesterday. Yes. You forgot to mention it yesterday. Yes, I forgot to mention it yesterday when we recorded it. Or two yes. nights ago, whatever. Uh, at this I, point. I, I know we like to talk about Philadelphia, and we do. And I do live here what? now. Yep. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you positive? Yep, I live here. And I had my moments. Um, I've There are parts of Philadelphia I've really grown to like, especially in my neighborhood. I'll be honest. Some of the food. Well, I uh, stop paying attention. I know. Some of, it, some of it's good or whatever. We'll get to that. Here's the point I really mm-hmm. blew my mind. I actually had a full-blown, like almost meltdown in the shop. I took a walk on Sunday, okay. nice fall day, and I wanted to grab a slice of pizza in Philadelphia. Just real quick, I haven't tried to do this yet. You know, I've been here for nine months, but I was like, today's the day. I'm going to grab a slice because I've tried I'm trying to find good slices of pizza in Philadelphia, which seems like the dumbest idea ever. Correct. I walked into uh-huh. I walked into a pizza place and the lady looked at me and I, I said, hi, I would like two slices and two garlic knots, please. And she said, we don't have garlic knots and we don't do slices. We just do whole pies. And I walked out. There you go. <laughs> oh. well, huh. I, how do you not do slices? Is that just not a, like? Is that only New York I, that does that? I don't know. No, I definitely was able to order slices in Georgia. Yeah. No, uh, we don't do slices, and we don't carry Georgia. garlic knots. Then you you're don't not carry a pizza. garlic knots. You're you're not, not, no, you're not a pizza place. Then you're not a pizza what, place. What do they make? Deep the, dish? No, it says it's regular pizza only, but you can only buy it by the pie, and it's tiny. I don't understand. I just wanted to complain about that because it blew my mind. And I know some of you will, will uh, relate to me or maybe tweet me where I can actually get a good slice in Philadelphia, if that's even possible. So please, help me. Some One of you, please. I'm begging. Because mm. the idea of no garlic knots and no slices, why are you even open? It doesn't make any sense. You're, are you even open? Yeah. I think that was a ghost shop. All right. Let's get into, uh, now that we've gone through that wonderful story, thank you all for sitting through it. Let's get through the mock draft. And I have some... Uh, some interesting feedback from this. So uh, this is from Corey Prime, who we had on the uh, had on the show last week. Put together a mock draft and pretty much had uh, writers from the Athletic talk about what they thought about the picks. And our good friend Rick Carpinello goes we over the pressed Rick on this, by the way. I guess we should have. But uh, you're gonna be surprised. Alexis La- Alexi, sorry, Lafreniere goes first overall. Uh, what? I know, shocker. You know what's funny? I, I thought about Rick that he said here. He said. While he's not considered on the talent level of Connor McDavid, he's not that far behind. Is that true? Uh, prospect I, status? I don't think he's that far behind McDavid. I guess so. I, I guess talent-wise, he I, probably is. But everyone yeah, is. Yeah, I, I think it's important to remember that, you know, before Connor McDavid became the Mike Trout of the NHL, he was once a prospect that we didn't know a lot about. He was still and if we're so talking highly about, rated then, though. Yeah, but if we're if we're talking about purely like Connor McDavid when he was a draft prospect, I don't think Lafreniere is that far behind him. I don't think that's an inaccurate comment. But again, it does by saying that we're not saying that Lafreniere is going to become Connor McDavid. We're just saying that at the time of their appropriate drafts, the stock Lafreniere was probably eighty five cents. 
worth of what Connor McDavid's dollar was worth? I guess. I was watching um I talked to you about this off air. There's this guy named Scouch. I know, right? We talk sometimes, very rarely. Uh, this guy named Scouching, a hockey stat miner, one of our favorite people on Twitter, retweeted him. And he does like a 20-minute breakdown. I kind of want to get him on the podcast of, of, of Alexi Lafreniere. And he grades in like a system where it's like 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. And he pretty much has Lafreniere's all of his talents in the one section. You know, like the, the ability, the skating, etc. And they're all in the lower, like 1C, 1D, 1, 1B. Like, like that. But I, I don't think he's like this generational defining prospect. I, I He's not nearly in the same class as Sid or, or, or Crosby, uh, or rather, or Sid, Sidney Crosby or McDavid. But I don't I don't know how far off he really is, but I'm, that's that's something I'm struggling with is how, like, what, what are levels below he, he is from, from those players? It's, it, uh, I, I can't really figure it out. You know, you know what I found myself thinking about more? I wonder how much of the narrative has fogged our opinions of Lafreniere as being this great prospect. Because we keep hearing just in general how great this draft is. Like, this is the one draft where if you have the 10th pick, it's not a bad spot to be in. In fact, you're probably going to get a normal draft's top three to five type talent barely on the outside of the top 10. So like it is the fact that this draft is so good taking away from how singular we should be looking at Alexi Lafreniere. For example, like Darlene's draft year, the draft class was Rasmus Darlene. Yes, there were good players in that draft, but it was very clearly Darlene's draft. And while I think we all agree that this is Lafreniere's draft, it always feels like the second conversation we have in regards to the draft is this draft class is phenomenal. And I want, I just wonder if that's taking away from the amount of hype we're giving a singular talent like Lafreniere. It has to be because there are some things like I still get bad. Like it's awesome that we have number one over pick. Like I cannot tell you how excited I am, but I still like, I went with Kako. I felt hopeful with this. I'm just like, I hope we don't pick the wrong guy. Sometimes, like, I, I can't believe I find myself thinking that. I never thought to myself when Kako was on the table was, like, it was always, I hope Kako falls, and I hope they don't take him first. Even though I know Jack Hughes is his great prospect, but I want a Kako Kako, as you everybody knows uh, at this point. You just, you just have the world's biggest man. I mean, I think we both have a very big man crush on Quentin Byfield. And, like, I do. if the Rangers had the – this is, once again, another draft where if the Rangers had the second pick, I think both of us would be like, oh, that's fine. We feel fine. I would Thank have been, you. I would have been okay. I really would have been very okay if if but again it's it this isn't I just I wonder if if Lafren if we switch out Rasmus Dahlin and Alexi Lafreniere and for that draft Lafreniere Yeah. Like well yeah, say like Dahlin was available in this draft, but Lafreniere was available in that draft. Mm-hmm. Would the conversation have been like, Jesus Christ, this guy is going to be incredible. You are you are blessed to have the number one overall pick. Whereas in this class Everyone agrees. I've yet to hear anyone say a bad thing about Lafreniere, but it's almost like the focus is about how every team with a top five pick is going to get a great player. So we're not even that focused on Lafreniere, but I think we should be. I don't know. It's just, it's a working theory, Ryan. I'm prepared to be wrong. I don't hate it. I really don't because there, I haven't felt the way I wanted to about like, yes, the initial night I was, going crazy. Yes, the first week I was pumped. I could, it really sets a tone for the Rangers team. 
well, for the next couple years, like that's how you do a rebuild. You wait, you get first and second overall in years when they're good prospects. Hmm. Turns out that's pretty good for rebuilding. What a surprise. But at the same time, there is this section where it's like, well, what if Quentin Byfield's actually better than him? And like, I don't, Stop it. I, I, I'm not, I, I know he's not. Listen, everybody, everything I read, like, it's pretty much this is Lafreniere's draft. He's as I read one one scout the other day that said he's only done more to separate himself from the field over the last year, and I agree he's with not, that. But I feel not even going to go second. Sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. Okay, well let's get to that right now, right? So in this in this mock draft, Tim Stutzel uh-huh. goes second overall to the Los Angeles Kings. Now, boy, are they going to overthink this? They're going to overthink this. I I I keep seeing that Stutzel might actually go number two. And to yeah, not- no, I, I we're at, Ryan, I'm at a point now where I'm going to be more surprised if he doesn't. You know what this is? You, you honestly, to me, what this is is a classic. Uh, we're big NFL guys. Well, uh, big, maybe not the word we should use. I'm former. We're we're sizable NFL guys. That's- we used to do NFL draft podcasts. Like that's that's where we were with the NFL. Yep. The 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 Kings taking Stutzel here, to me, is equivalent. Of the Lions just taking Jeff Okuda third instead of trading down. Yeah. Like. You should have just traded It's down. very clear that other players should go second, but it's just because the Kings have the pick, so the Kings are going to pick their guy as opposed to what who, the player who should go second overall. It To me, and I don't know a lot about Stutzel. Like, I've watched some 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 film or whatever very quickly on YouTube, and I, I follow these prospect yeah. guys who do a great job, and – Everyone I see is like, Byfield is the truth, man. And like, Stutz was always three or four, like on everybody's list. Like I never see him that yeah. low, right? I've never, I've never seen Stutzel outside the top five. And I, I honestly think if you just flip Byfield and Stutzel, everyone would be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I don't think that should be bat, your top three. Bad an eyelash. Nobody. Yeah. I, I think everyone agrees that if the top three went Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzel, they'd be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's the fact that Stutzel is going to go before Byfield and everyone's like, well, why? We're just going to let Ottawa have the world's greatest draft? Is that all we're going to do? Yeah, and it's going to happen because this this is crazy because – and I don't know how this is really going down here, but maybe we could we could break it out. Because so three, and, three and five, we'll skip number four for now because this draft has uh, Detroit pick- – well, the, the funny thing, instead of stick, skipping it, I'm just going to say the funny thing about four is it's the same problem with two. I feel like there's a very clear player who should go four, but Detroit has just made up its mind that it's going perfetti. Detroit was Detroit was choosing Perfetti before we even knew who had the number one overall pick. There was no Detroit has been choosing Perfetti since the season ended. It's it's bonkers. I just all right. I, I know I know you can learn a lot more about players as time goes on, right? But last year this time, every single list I saw, every single list was Lafreniere number one, Byfield number two, or Lucas Raymond number two. And then switch with Byfield number three. That was it. But now this this mock draft and many mock drafts and almost everything I read has the Ottawa Senators, a team which has been a dumpster fire, but yet had beat the New York Rangers to go to the Stanley Cup final, uh, not Stanley, Eastern Conference finals, to take the Pittsburgh Penguins to game seven overtime, not only three years ago, is going to get Quinton Byfield and Lucas Raymond, who were possibly the number two and overall three overall best players in this draft. I have so much Quinton Byfield FOMO, it's unbelievable. There are two players I love in this draft outside of Lafreniere, and we will get to the second one, and you already know who it is. But the the Byfield FOMO, for me, is gigantic. 
Like, I, I think this guy could truly be a special player in the league for so goddamn long. Yeah, it's it's maddening that the Kings in Detroit are going to let the Senators own the draft on, uh, what is it, October 6th, I think? Yeah. Like, the, the Rangers, everyone, we're going to get to a point, if we're not already there, that everyone's just bored about talking about how the Rangers are getting Lafreniere. Ottawa's going to walk away with this draft with Byfield and Raymond, and it's going to be, it's going to be all Ranger uh, prospect Twitter is going to want to talk about. Honestly, it's going to be all we're going to talk about because, again, like you said, this is a scenario where, for whatever reason, it seems like there's a consensus top three in this draft, and two of the three are going third and fifth because it's, the it's- other two teams. I've just made decisions. Stutzel, you can make a case. I've seen him so high up everywhere now at this point. But yes, I, I think those players, and I think it's clear, like, I, I'm, I'm maybe not, I, we're not prospect experts here. I definitely am on the MLB side, but not on the NHL side. But I do think I'm getting better at it. I, I And I do think Lucas Raymond, like, on most years, he might be number two overall for most most draft years. Hell, there might be a year where he goes number one. Like, the Nico year, I think Lucas Raymond goes one. Like, I don't think that's weird. I don't know. Yeah, this is, again, to piggyback off the conversation we had about Lafreniere, this is once again such a weird draft that a player like Lucas Raymond has a chance that he doesn't even go top five. When he, in any other draft year, there's no way that player gets outside top four. And we're talking, again, a scenario in which this guy, for whatever, for a variety of reasons, uh, might not be a top five pick. It's just a bonkers draft year. It is. Bonkers. Um, this brings me to the other players I don't know as much about, but Jamie Drysdale is going to Anaheim, New Jersey. He's picking Marco Rossi, who is someone that uh, I've read a lot about over the past few, like, like I don't know, year and a half. Uh, Alexander Holtz, who is of, uh, I believe he plays with, uh, at Wisconsin. Is that correct? Am I, I think so. No, no, that is incorrect. Where does he play? Let's uh, see. He plays in the Swedish league. Nope. I'm thinking of somebody totally different. Um, but yes, Perfetti, I think was a Wisconsin commit. Could be wrong. I don't know. I remember someone in Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, there's there, the, the, I mean, besides our boy Keandre, um, there was Cole Caulfield Mm, who is famously Wisconsin, but he was drafted a couple years ago. I don't know if there's a Wisconsin kid in this draft. I'm sure there is. Wisconsin's really good. Yes, I'm sure. Are you about to talk about your, you're about to talk about your real phone mobile. I am. So Minnesota has Michael Rousseau, our coworker here, has Minnesota taking Anton Lundell at number nine. And yep. we've seen some drafts, and we've talked to some people that think that Lundell could fall as far as 15, 16. And some of the some of the uh, the scouts were, like talk about Lundell and say maybe number nine is way too high. But like this is a guy that's probably a like a surefire number two center in the league for the rest of his career, and he's going number nine. Do you know how rare it is to get one of those players at number nine? But this but, is. But again, to, to your point, it's and early. I, I love, I love how Corey incorporated scouts' takes in mm-hmm. this mock draft. Yep. Because every scout was saying how Lundell was the one player that went too high. You're talking. I just want to. I want to emphasize what you said is true. This guy seems like a surefire number two center, and every scout Corey talked to was like, number nine is too high for him in this draft. That's insane. That's actually ridiculous. And this is a guy, after this draft, I will follow two players. I will follow Byfield, and I will follow Lundell. And I I know these guys, I I just, sometimes you have your guys. 
And Lundell is one of those those players for me. Watching him, it's a player I like to watch. It just seems like he has a lot of potential and ability and could be good in the NHL in like a year and a half. Like that's how much talent this guy has going into the going into this year. Number nine is ridiculous for him, and I was hoping he'd fall to like maybe 13, 14, and the Rangers could make some sort of move to move up, maybe using the 22nd pick to get him. But I just having him number nine here like kills my dreams that that might even happen. Because well, if I will say Russo's plugged in, say, man. Like, and if he's picking him number yeah. nine, there's got to be something to that. Right. I, I, I will, I will err on the side of caution because I don't think anyone knows more about what happens inside the Minnesota Wild front office HQ. The only person not on Wild payroll that knows as much as my, it's Michael Russo. So if Russo is saying this is where he thinks the Wild are going to go, I tend to believe that this is where the Wild are going to go. I will say as much as we like Lundell, uh, Russo's breaking the one rule we have when it comes to drafts, which is never draft for need. And this would very clearly be a need pick as opposed to a best player available pick because, um, again, a a guy who we've talked his praises about more times in this podcast than I think anyone else in the history of the world, uh, Murat takes Jake Sanderson 10 overall. (laughs) And I think it's from everything I've read about this draft, it sounds like Sanderson's a guy that should go like top seven. So if the Jets get Sanderson at 10, I think they're thrilled. Man, this draft is fucking awesome. I can't wait to watch this draft. It's really going to be so intriguing. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then I want to come back and talk about pick number 12, actually taken by Corey Pran. So let's take that. Take a quick break. Come right back. Transition to break. Week two of football is in the books, and now is the time to review the tape and get ready for week three. There is no better place to get on all the action than you know where, DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 3, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users a chance to turn $1 into $100. When? They bet on any team. Any team? That's right. You can place $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you can go a cool Benjamin. How can you pass that up? Don't worry. If football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving you, all the MMA fans, the same great offer this weekend for UFC 253. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, and making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code QUICK when you sign up. You can't get the, with this can't-miss offer, which I told you about just seconds ago. Pick any team during week three, bet $1 on them, and win a $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100, and if you use promo code QUICK during sign-up for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code QUICK. Must be 21 year older. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. For details, gambling problems, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And today's podcast is brought to you by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off with or blame ourselves by saying things like I lost my mojo or you avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm not feeling it or hey, the Mets were on. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe you real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all for the comfort of the privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Get started is easy and simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueShirtsBreakaway and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional to take care of it. Get Go to Roman.com. Slash Blue Shirts Breakaway today 
If you're approved, you get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueShirtsBreakaway. GetRoman.com slash BlueShirtsBreakaway. Back to the show. And we're back. Okay, so number 12 is Seth Jarvis. Jarvis? Okay, whatever. And this is a player that we ha- we have. Yeah, I know. Really, the one name you can't pronounce in this first round is a dude named Jarvis. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> you're, you're you're incredible. I really like am. there. There's a guy in this draft named Yaroslav Askarov, and you're gonna be like Seth. <laughs> Seth, what's his last name? Jarvis. Jarvis? No, it's got to be a silent. <laughs> I, I believe it's a, a soft J, a Jarvis. Well, we had Corey on last week, and he did talk about Seth to us. And then because we we saw some mock drafts having Seth fall to the Rangers at 22, and now Corey's taking him at 12, like. I, I should say, Corey is picking for the Florida GM, who at this at the time of this didn't really, you know, wasn't really there. So he Corey took it uh, for that GM. Um, it's it's a situation where it's like, if this player could be taken by the Rangers, or we've seen the mock drafts, or where that Jarvis could fall to the Rangers at twenty two, which is a pick we'll get to in a second here. To take him at twelve, like that, just shows you how much talent really is in this draft because. This is a guy that at 12 is no joke. That's still so much talent there, but that guy could also fall to 22. Um, I, I really don't know who to believe these days on on prospects, and especially when it comes to this draft. Oh, I found a Wisconsin guy there, by the way, at 14. Dylan Holloway. Uh, yes. I I don't know. I, I think from what uh, – I mean, Corey is – he's really keyed in. I feel like if Corey is saying Seth Jarvis is going to go I know. 12, that's – I wonder – you know what? I'll say this. I think Corey picked off his rankings than he did off what he thinks Florida will actually do there. Um, we, were talk- we were just talking with Drew about how Jarvis might be a guy that's hanging around in the 20s for the Rangers. Right. That feels high. I'm, I'm just going to say that feels high. It does feel high. Uh, there there are a couple other plays- players, or rather uh, picks on this, that I think are particularly very interesting. So... Uh, Ask Askarov is what you just said. His name was um, <laughs> Sarasivia. It's Yarvis. Yes, Yarvis. That's exactly it. Askarov, Yaroslav Askarov. There you go. Uh, is the first goalie to go off the board for Carolina Hurricanes. This is a player we were hoping would get taken in the top ten when we thought the Rangers would be picking nine or ten when we hoped Lundell would fall to us. We no longer have to hope for that. Um, is this a shock that you think Carolina might might swing for the fences with the goalie? No, um, for for a variety of reasons. One, I, I, every everything everyone says about Askarov is like top tier, one of the best goalie draft prospects in recent history. So it's it seems like a slam dunk. He's going in the first round. He's doing Sorokin, Shesterkin type things in Russia. Everyone's very excited about him, and. I think this is a combination where best player available and need kind of work out perfectly for Carolina. Carolina famously needs a long-term goalie. They don't have one in their system. If there's one clear weakness that we can identify with the Carolina Hurricanes moving forward, it is their position of goalie. I mean, for crying out loud, it's the same team that had to use a Zamboni driver to beat the Maple Leafs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Good times. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I think if Askarov makes it to 13, I think he's going to be clearly the best player available. And it's hard to think of a team that just needs a goalie more than Carolina. Oh, let me, let me rephrase a long-term goalie more Carolina can figure out their goalie for next year and it won't be Askarov, but they don't have a long-term answer. So I think they would very much like to solve that riddle. A name I never heard of 
until we had Drew Way on this very OT last week. We and he said Maverick Bork. And Maverick our, Bork. Our, our adopted son. Yes. And Maverick Bork is now, I, I again, I, a name I never really saw. Went number 15 overall, overall to the Toronto Maple Leafs in this mock draft. And if the Met, I, I always think, hey, Kyle Dubas, he probably knows something, right? Like he has to. What, what did you say? What did you say his name is? Does it call Dubas? Is it Dubas? Dubas. What is your problem? What is wrong with well, Honestly, what is your problem? It's, you, it's the easy names that frustrate me the most with you. <laughs> I, oh, my God. I'm the worst. Dubas. Have you ever heard anyone call him Dubas? I don't know why I said that. Sometimes I can't many, even hear myself. You haven't even called him Dubas. You've said his name before, <laughs> and you've never called him Dubas. Kyle Dubas. What's your deal? I don't know. Something's wrong with me. That's not <laughs> like it's, it's 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 one thing if it's a name you haven't seen before. I said like, it I multiple don't expect times you to be able to name Hendrix. Yeah, I don't expect you to say Hendrix Lapierre the first time. Right. That's a name I expect you to screw up. Right. But you've said his name before. I've said it a lot. Hundreds of times. A lot. And I still fucking unbelievable. It's crazy. You're incredible. Oh, yeah. You're truly you. you're buddy, you are one of a kind. I don't know if that's a good thing. One of one right here, Ryan Mead. Uh yes. So Maverick Bork going fifteen overall. I just feel like if he's Slotted in for a Leafs writer who's probably plugged in. Again, there has to be something about this. I don't want to take, like, listen, we're part of the athletic. We think a lot of our beat writers here are super plugged in, have a really great knowledge of what the teams are looking at. And that's why I think this mock draft in particular is maybe the most telling because the writers are making these picks and they might have some information or heard of some things from people they're very close with in the organizations that say, hey, Maverick Bork might be on the table for the Toronto Maple Leafs at 15. And that says a lot because that's a player that Drew was very, very, very high on, um, especially hoping that he would fall to the Rangers in just a couple picks from now. I will say this. Uh, I'm going to cite the scouts a lot more because Corey talked to them, and all of them were surprised with how high Bork went. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. When's the last time? I it's it's the NHL's weird, right? Because we're not even a year removed from when Moritz Sider went sixth, when everyone in the world was like that was a guy that was going to go twelve to fifteenth or something like that. So it's it's not like the NHL draft hasn't been full of surprises before. Um, as, as it's tough. I, I I wonder how you feel on this. Mm-hmm. I've almost gotten to the point where personally I would be stunned if the Rangers actually make a pick at 22. So I've stopped caring about what the Rangers could actually do in terms of draft capital with the 22nd overall pick. Like you could, everyone can throw any name they want at me. We, we've talked about Jan Mysak. We've talked about Maverick Bork. Uh, we've talked about guys. We don't want to see the Rangers draft. I would still be stunned if the Rangers make two picks in the first round. I, I would really be would. too. Okay, so let's get to this right now. So Rick Carpinello has the Rangers taking Tyson Forrester, um, a right winger, and I I don't. That's a player. Shout out to Rick, a guy a guy I've never even heard of. Yeah, I that's a player I I would not really be interested in just for literally no reason to be honest. But the Rangers continue to do that, and I'm, they always pick people I have no interest in. <laughs> sometimes it works. Well, sometimes I will it doesn't. It, I will say like. It, it would be. I would have a hard time with the Rangers taking a right winger if Noel Gundler is still on the board. Yes. Right. That's that's a name we've. That's, that's a name we've heard about. What I was going to say. That's a name we're very familiar with. Yeah. Like, I, I the whatever the Rangers want. Again, I would be stunned if the Rangers even make a draft pick here. Uh, and Rick, quick point that out as well. 
because he, he said his first sentence is, I think there's a decent chance the Rangers trade this pick. Which, again, um, I and I hate to keep saying this, but I think is telling. Like, I really do. Like, I we've heard it from multiple multiple people at this point. Multiple sources, mm-hmm. if we want to be really professional about so- it. Sauces. 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 Yes, that's how I say it, of course. As, thank you for, for correcting myself to my own pronunciation. Multiple sauces have told us that the spaghetti is being, uh, being stirred and that this first overall pick could be on the market. And I, I do think there is some sort of Excuse package. Me? Oh, sorry. What pick is going to be on the market? Not the first overall pick. This first round pick could be on there the market. There you go. You... I mean, Kyle Dubas would have a lot of questions if the first overall pick <laughs> Mr. was Mr. Dubas like with the sauces and the spaghetti. Uh, but yes. uh, yeah, it, I, the, the players, I will say this. Love Rick. I haven't heard the name Tyson Forrester mentioned in any of the Rangers talks before. It would be a really hard sell for us if the Rangers passed on Noah Gundler, Noel Gundler, Jan Mysak, who gets taken 26th, that we've heard a lot about. Right. Um, for me, those are the big it's, two. Yeah, those those if those two players are still on the board, and for whatever reason the New York Rangers are still drafting at twenty second overall, and they don't take one of those two players, I think that would be a fairly hard sell. I do too. I I just wonder what the Rangers are going. Someone asked in the BSB uh, five star question section from Tuesday's episode, like what would the Rangers trade for that with that twenty second overall pick? And I just am. I know they're going to find try and find a center or a left-handed defenseman. And right now, left-handed defenseman, for us at least, we're kind of out of first loves. And I just don't know who the center is that they're going to look for. But I do think they might try and go big game hunting. I, I, but I don't know if there's big game hunt to be had right now. We've talked about Barkov. We've talked about Eichel. We've talked about these players. And I just don't know if they're available. And, I, and the 22nd overall pick plus Kravtsov plus something else might not be enough to get the player that you think is going to send you to the next level. Yeah, I there are just so many holes the New York Rangers have to fill. And we know that the New York Rangers feel they're closer to being competitive than they are at this point last year. I think it was a little bit more surprising the Rangers traded the 20th overall pick last year than it would be if the Rangers traded 22 overall this year. Um, but I would expect them to use 22 in the same way they used 20 last year. That pick needs to fill an immediate need. Who that immediate need is... We're yet to see. There, there's a lot that needs to be answered. We mentioned on the previous show that we recorded this week how you and I are both shopping for new love interests on left-hand side of the fence. Um, but, like, could that pick be used for Philip Deneau? I think we'd be big fans of that move. Could that pick be used? I, I Jeremy Rutherford poo-pooed us very hard, but could that pick be used for Vince Dunn? I think, I think Deneau is a real fans. possibility. I, I do. I I think that Montreal could be interested for that for that pick. Maybe. Well, I think I think we we feel he's a real possibility because Philip Deneau sounds like he's not happy, right? Yeah. So it, it's a lot easier to trade for players when it sounds like the player wants to get out. Um, and it it's a lot easier to make a leverage trade when a player makes it sound like he wants to get out because now you're not convincing that team that that player should leave. The person convincing the team that player should leave is that player. So it's it wouldn't be straight up, but I, I the Rangers have a lot of the Rangers have a ton of darts. I, th- I think that's the one thing that we don't talk maybe enough about on this podcast. It's the the amount of influx in legitimate prospects the Rangers have brought in. Right, there are only there are only six defensemen can play on a given night, but the New York Rangers currently have Keandre Miller, Niels Lundqvist, 
Zach Jones, uh, Matt Robertson. I am forgetting like 17 other defensive prospects. Igor Rykov. Yep. They have so many prospects they can move for other pieces to address a clear weakness, not just the 22nd overall pick. But it helps that they have the 22nd overall pick. Would the Rangers be as willing to trade 22 overall if they didn't have number one? Maybe not. But guess what? They have number one. So who almost who cares at 22, which is the crazy thing. It's so weird because we would be – if it wasn't for number one overall, we'd be harping so goddamn hard on that 22nd overall pick. Well, you know what the funny thing is? It's, it's the exact – like we didn't care about 20 last year because the Rangers had two. So we didn't have to worry about it. Like, it, oh, look at that. The Rangers have another first-round pick. Hey, who gives a shit? We have Capacaco. Yeah, it's a good point. All right. Uh, I think that's it. You should check out. it. The uh, It's called the NHL Staff Mock Draft 2020, uh, and it's by Corey Promen on The Athletic. Please check it out. Uh, we obviously talked a lot about what's, what happens in the article, but there are really good write-ups from scouts. There are great write-ups from a lot of beat writers in The Athletic there. And uh, you can go read up on Quinton Byfield and get the feel the FOMO that I feel along with my good friend Antoine Lundell. All right, check out with Kyle Dubas, <laughs> Dubas. <laughs> and we'll be back uh, next week with more Blue Shirts Breakaway. Follow me on Orion Mead. Follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. Love you guys. Bye. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to NICUs across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world.